What's up out there, revolutionaries? Welcome to this week's episode of The Vault, where we'll be discussing cannabis and legalization in Indiana. With me today, as always, is our co-host and social media and marketing coordinator, John Custer. How we doing, everyone? And I'm Justin Staples. Uh, with us as well today is Senator Karen Tallian, one of the state's leading lawmakers working on progressive cannabis reform. Senator Tallian has been serving District 4, a northwest area of the state, since 2006 and has had an impressive background in law and civil liberties, starting as an attorney uh, since 1990. Senator Tallian, welcome to the vault. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. So uh, I guess we just wanted to keep it, I guess, cannabis focused at first and just wanted to know what got you so passionate about it. Since uh, coming in Indiana, that's not really a more, I guess, winning topic or something that we hear about coming out of the state. So what makes you start fighting for cannabis reform in the first hand? Um, Watching a bunch of young people um, plead guilty one after another after another of possession of cannabis and thinking, what a waste of time it's you know it's already been legal or or decriminalized in so many other states and uh, i was just getting tired of watching young people um you know getting busted for for possession of marijuana and having criminal records uh at that time it was you know they were permanent criminal records because we didn't even have a good expungement statute. So uh, I just got tired of it, thought it was dumb, and said, hey, it's time to move on. Since you first started, you know, advocating for cannabis reform in Indiana, Senator, does it seem like more of your colleagues have kind of jumped on board? Or, you know, when I was doing research, it kind of seemed like I could count the current number of representatives on, on one hand, really. Well, when I started, I think I was the first person to say the word ma- marijuana in the hallowed halls of the state house, you know, and everybody sort of went, oh, or else they sort of giggled. Um, and but but they also knew that I'm a generally pretty serious legislator, um, and so coming from me, they were kind of listening. Now. I was the lone voice for a while. Um, after a while, I had some people, other people in the House uh, say, okay, I want to get on board with that, especially with medical. Um, and I think it was last year or the year before, we now have about 15 or so legislators who have filed bills, uh, wow. one thing or another, on can- about cannabis. Besides cannabis reform, what have been the major platforms you've endorsed or, you know, what have been some of the few goals that you've had while, while in office? Well, in the last 15 sessions, um, you know, I'm a member of the uh, Energy and Environment Committee. I have done a lot of work in that field. Uh, I've done work on health care reform. I have, was the ranking member on um, the Pensions and Labor Committee, which means that Uh, All of the worker rights bills, workers' compensation, unemployment insurance, all of those things, uh, I I was pretty much in charge of those for the Senate Democrats. Um, I also, during the last recession, uh, basically rewrote the Mortgage Foreclosure Act in the state of Indiana to allow for homeowner protection against losing their home. Um, and for the past several years, I've also been the ranking member on the uh, Senate Appropriations and Budget Committee. 
It sounds like Senator, you do a lot of things then, you know, like we mentioned, civil liberties in the intro and really community grassroots advocacy kind of for your common man, if you will. Do you feel like you kind of having those platforms has almost helped, like you were saying, people take you now a bit more seriously in the cannabis conversation more seriously in Indiana because it's clear you're not just a cannabis-focused legislator? Well, no, I am. I mean, cannabis, <laughs> it's funny. Um, cannabis seems to be the thing that I am most known for uh, around the state. Um, and I think it's because a lot of people are very interested in the topic. But it's certainly not the bulk of what I do here. Um, so, yeah, I think that people now know that I'm the cannabis person. Um, I've been introducing bills for mm, probably nine years now. Um, and, um, yeah, I think they take me seriously. I think they're just not ready. They're just not ready. <laughs> That's fair. You know, we when we were reading, we saw a Hoosier survey that said that 8 in 10 Hoosiers in Indiana actually supported medical cannabis, and it seems like, for the most part, the majority of your constituents at least would support a medical cannabis program. So I guess why does it seem like the elected officials right now are not really abiding to this current demand, and, you know, especially now with Michigan and Illinois? Um, I'm sure you're not a naive or stubborn senator or lawmaker. There's going to be probably cross-state transfer. So I guess is is the urgency now even much more clear, I guess, to, to people in office that maybe could come around? Well, I, I think, yeah. I Clearly, the surveys have shown this for years. When I first started doing this, uh, I did a little survey and asked, you know, um, what did people think about marijuana? Uh, should the laws remain the same? Should we just have medical? Should we just have decrim? Or should we just legalize and tax it? And from the very beginning, I had about 10% of people saying it should stay the same, and at least 50%, depending on which part of the state, saying that we should legalize and tax it. And the, you know, the, other, the other 40 or so percent in there were kind of split between just medical or just decrim. But uh, those numbers, I've had those numbers for years, and I think they just keep getting higher. Um, now, it's obviously clear that so many states around us, uh, we've got, you know, are, are moving into this total legalization. Um, I think people are getting the idea that, hey, it's time to do something. Um, but, you know, I think there's been a fear around here. And I'm not sure why. Um, you know, there's still this – the legislature's basically been afraid to confront the cannabis question. And it takes every opportunity they have to stop the debate. And we just need to move on to the next level. Right. So um, when you're forming potential laws or regulations for a medical cannabis market, who are you relying on? Some of your uh, former proposals have – proposals, I'm sorry, have been rather detailed. So uh, do you, local advocates or leaders in neighboring states kind of play a role in that? Uh, mostly not. Um, 
I have filed a number of bills. Uh, you know, it do, you don't have to be too detailed to just say that we're going to decriminalize possession. I mean, you, you know, you don't have to take that from the neighboring states. Now, I did uh, like the fact that Illinois uh, coupled that with an expungement bill. Uh, you know, but um, no, for the most part, it's just I, I've been working pretty much on my own. Um, but like I said, it, it's it's not that difficult. The most difficult one that I had uh, a couple of years, I tried a medical bill with a with a, you know, um, oh, you have to have a card and you have to have this and that and the other thing, you know, like the early the earlier states did. And I did copy some of that from some other states. But frankly, I think we're beyond that. Um, I, we just we just need to make possession not criminal. I know in one of your former bills, it actually did have details of establishing something like a, a cannabis compliance commission, which is something that often right away gets established in any time a state has a medical or adult use program and it acts as the regulatory oversight board. Is something like that you think foreseeable? Or are there any um, progresses you've made in that? Or I guess what are your upcoming 2020 you know, legislative agendas within cannabis? Uh, right. Well, I'm doing that one again. It's clear uh, especially now that the feds have allowed, you know, the hemp bill in the, in the or the hemp provisions in the farm bill, um, that we can grow agriculture, you know, hemp, um, and somebody needs to regulate that, uh, and and we don't have a plan, we don't have a plan here, and if we re- if we open, you know, so now there as of right now we have nobody really regulating. Um, the processing of hemp into like CBD oil. We have no uh, consumer protection labeling requirements. I mean, we just don't have anything. So I have been trying really hard to sell that. We need to have somebody in charge. And yes, I do have another bill on that this year, which I think plan to file next week. So what have been some of your discoveries in town halls or community feedback? What have you learned from listening, I guess, to your constituents and what are they most wanting to see in terms of a cannabis market in Indiana? (laughs) So when I first started doing this, um, it was funny. I would have town hall meetings and after some of the meetings, people would sort of quietly side up up to me and say, "I, I support what you're doing, they would whisper like it was a big secret and they didn't want to be known about saying it out loud. And now, you know, it's nine years later and everybody says, oh, yeah, we support that. And they're very outspoken about, you know, they think that this should go through. Um, Rarely, rarely do I have anybody say, oh, this is a terrible idea. We don't want this in the state of Indiana. Um So it's certainly gone from being a quiet whisper support to, uh, you know, to exactly the opposite, kind of a vocal, yeah, you're not doing enough to get this done faster. Do you think that support's even gotten large enough now where your state could potentially introduce an adult use market before they even were to be legalizing a medical market? Because I know that you filed recreational bills um, along with medical bills in your past. (laughs) 
um, I, I just I don't think I mean, I, I've been dealing with these legislators for 15 years and some of them have retired. New ones replaced them. Um, I just don't. You know, I, I keep trying to pull them into the next century, but a lot of them are just afraid that, you know, they they still think that marijuana is the road to perdition and, and it's a gateway drug and we're all going to turn into reefer madness. And that is truly uh, what some people believe. It, it does amaze me. Uh, how important is decriminalization to you? When uh, speaking on decriminalization, do you try to include expungement, or is that a separate beast in and of itself? Um, well, I don't know that you get expungement until you get legalization, okay? So uh, we have an expungement bill now that will you know, allow you to, to expunge a misdemeanor after a relatively short period of time. Um, no, my most important, my most important um, push on this is decriminalization. At least if we don't get anybody going to jail for possession, I could walk away from here and say, I accomplished something. The other things would be great, but I think that, you know, we, we need to get to the decriminalization first do you think though that the you know because oftentimes in other states when decriminalization gets passed without a medical or adult use program data has actually showed in many cases police are still arresting people of color which in Indiana are four times as likely to be arrested for cannabis for higher amounts of possession so it seems like still there's ways for that structure or infrastructure to, you know, oppress the communities that they've continually oppressed. So do you feel like it's almost not so much law changes that are needed in your district and state, but almost a, a whole political shift in, in culture? Well, um, yeah, I mean, that the disparate impact uh, on people of color is, has always been the case. It's always been clear. Um, you know, I'm trying to be as realistic as I can about what I can get through this very conservative, Republican-dominated legislature, okay? Um, yeah, I mean, legalization might be the goal, but I'm not sure that I can get it done in my lifetime. <laughs> um, so, you know... I, I, one thing that you do learn here as a member of the Democrat minority um, is patience and that you have to – a lot of times you have to do things a little bit at a time. Um, you know, if if people really wanted to vote out uh, – you know, people can change this at the ballot box, but they're not doing that. And so I keep just one foot in front of the other one foot in front of the other and keep doing it every year and you know every year i get a little bit of something sure what will be your main cannabis related initiatives moving into this upcoming 2020 legislative session okay well i've got three bills that i'm going to file next week uh one of them is to decriminalize possession the second one is to establish this um 
uh, regulatory agency. Um, and by the way, we've had we've had a little naming contest for that. Uh, so I've I've had lots of people send me names. What's your top uh, three? The Can third, you share them? <laughs> uh, give us. Well, you got to give us had, one. Uh, all right, I'll, I I will see if I can find the list on my computer while we're talking. Um, but uh, and the third bill is to fix a mess that we made last year, um, having to do with hemp, uh, smokable hemp. What what was that mess? So what would that third bill do? Is is well. Um, it's kind of technical, but last year we did a um, we did a bill to comply with the farm bill so that we could have a, a hemp industry, you know, raising hemp. And then they just couldn't leave well enough alone. They added this sentence at the end that says, "No matter what the THC content, if this hemp can be ingested." by inhalation, then it's illegal. And all of a sudden I said, you know, makes no sense. Now you've made gummy bears legal, but CBD not. And they just, and and in fact, as, as soon as it was filed and signed by the governor, um, we uh, had a lawsuit and the court uh, issued an injunction uh, based on the fact that it was a mess. It sounds like you have an extremely busy 2020 coming up. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to following how those three bills do, Senator. Thank you for uh, for joining us today. But before we let you go, I kind of wanted to open up the opportunity to share some closing thoughts. Um, you know, what would you say to any of your constituents listening, or just someone in Indiana in general who's been you know advocating and fighting really hard for legalization in this past decade, but obviously hasn't seen really any results come to fruition? How can they uh, continue to stay encouraged and, and active? Um, they first of all call your legislators. Um, you know, call your legislators and tell them what they want. I'm not the only I'm not the only legislator in this building. So, especially the people that live in Republican districts, call their legislators. Well, thanks again uh, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And like I said, we're looking forward to following uh, hopefully some positive work ahead here in 2020 for you in Indiana. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I really appreciate the time to, uh, you know, give my uh, give my thoughts. And, and hopefully this session uh, will make a little more progress. Senator, I really appreciate you taking the time out of, out of your Friday to do this. No problem. Glad to, glad to be on. Join the revolution.